Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. Here we are. It's the four of us. We're back. Back at it. We're excited. It's the first all four of us after the new year. Yeah. First time in 2023. Got that new year energy. The 2023. (laughs) Yeah. New year energy is a real thing. We also have... So, like, this is real time. So, if you listen to the podcast after this week, this is not going to make much sense to you. But happening in the moment, uh, we're all going to be at Southeast Conclave. It's the first trip of the year. How do we feel about that? I am excited. I am very ready. Chat, chat. Oh, okay. Oh, this is not on the on the agenda. But I'm so proud of my best friend Chad Higgins for leveling up his travel game in 2023. I am one proud nomad, Papa. So, Chad, you want to tell us? Like, you are pursuing this wholeheartedly. I got, I got packing cubes for the luggage. Here, <laughs> welcome to pouch culture, my friend. <laughs> it's a good place. I to got be. packing it's cubes, a good place to and be. I got a new travel backpack. Because for us, a lot of the tr- the the trips we got to go on are either like not really long enough for like a full suitcase, um, right? And, and then some of the trips that we go on to are like you still want to have a carry on suitcase and not the bigger one. And so I'm hoping the packing cubes will pull it in nice yeah, and tight, scale like. it well. Yeah, mm, nice. <laughs> I need you to describe how the packing cubes function. Same. Well, you have a cube and you stuff a lot of things in it and then you put it in your bag. But doesn't a cube like if you're putting it in a like a carry on, doesn't it take up more space than the actual stuff? Like you're packing boxes into a suitcase. Not if you pack it well. It, it is a little. It's a little bit of the Tetris situation that you want a variety of cubes for a variety of things that fit the bag. But it's often a lot easier to pack the Tetris cubes than the random one-off items. Also, if your carry-on or travel backpack is more bucket-esque with less internal organization, the pouches provide a certain kind of infrastructure that you might need that would be flexible for the kind of trip that you're on. I, are these like hard? Like are no, they hard no, no, sided? They're soft. Mine are soft. They're they're soft pouch bags. Oh, yeah. okay. So you're like rolling so you all of your put, like socks and underwear in one, yeah. or like your shirts. That's in the, the other. thing I like. So about it's it. a way to kind of organize and do. Is it, I'm going to be able to organize my pieces that I need. That way, like you know, if I need just one shirt, I'm not like, ru- you know, rum rustling around in this big bag trying to find it. I'm just like, oh, th- here's all my here's all my shirt cubes. So you could have just used big Ziploc bags. <laughs> That's right. That is a bit, the like budget a two gallon Ziploc. Yes. <laughs> Ziploc's a great I mean, place to start. It is. It is. Yep. Yep. We can't be bothered by moving the three pair of underwear to get to the shirt. <laughs> That's too, listen, listen. As as guys who have all been in the TSA pre-check line and had some of our stuff spill out when they go through your bag, right. it's nice to have them pouched up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's That's the true. deck That's box true. for your Magic: The Gathering cards, right? Necessary, perhaps not, but also very useful. The yeah. last thing you want you, it's a deck deck box for yeah, your boys. Last thing you want deck, is the BVDs yes. on the TSA boys and toys. Line. Yes. Well. Yeah. That I agree with. If they're pulling all your your stuff out, 
Right. That can be. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear the travel situation has been upgraded. But beyond the travel, <laughs> I'm excited for I'm super excited for Conclave. I think it is one yep, of the best conferences event. that we get to attend every year. Um, I'm excited to see everybody. A lot of our team's going to be there, which is always like yep. really fun. It brings a lot of excitement, camps, folks. Uh, and so that's going to be really, really good. Apparently, Nathan was telling me there's a cake place right across the street. City Diner. Open all night. Lots of good cakes and pies. All night? I think so. Right, Zach? It's open late. All night, but it definitely is like a 2 a.m. or a 3 a.m. or, yep, yep. It's 24 it's hour cake. Yeah, it's, it's a classic diner yeah. with cake. The, the diner food cake. is so so. The mediocre coffee saddled up next to a really amazing piece of cake or pie. Excellent. Also, okay, the, I got a cake slab. That's all diners, though. Huge. Yeah. There's a point in the night. What time does it go from? fun eating cake to sad eating cake you know what i'm talking about like, is there ever such no, a thing as on, sad eating cake on. one o'clock in the morning it's cake. with friends eating cake fun four in the morning by yourself eating cake that's the very that's i would say the, the 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 more people you have with you the longer me. the window you get if you've got a party okay. of six or eight you can run it <laughs> till true. four that's true if you whittle down to 3 a.m and you're solo or it's you and your estranged friend who are waiting on an uber <laughs> sad yeah <laughs> i think context equals the cake so it's, it's more yeah, it's more the people music. you're with of the time yeah if you were like the last one out and like, I'm not going home yet. Let me go get some cake. That's I, I think sad. it's also the kind of cake. And this is not to be like overly judgmental, but I feel like chocolate cake at two or 3 a.m. is a celebration. Carrot cake at three in the morning. Just that's like you shut. He just has trouble making decisions. Cake. I'll eat carrot cake. You've made some wrong four hours a day. Mm. OK, <laughs> carrot cake is breakfast wow. cake for you. I love carrot cake. I've, now, Zach, you mentioned that. I think carrot cake is a better breakfast cake than it is a That's fair. Cake. That's fair. It is a bread and breakfast cake. Mm. If we're, if we're going to cross the threshold into when does cake become breakfast pastry, yes, carrot cake probably starts earlier in the morning than chocolate cake does. So, Chad, to your I question, it's just is a better 5 a.m. To... chocolate cake sadder than 5 a.m. carrot cake? <laughs> I like well, it depends on if you've gone to sleep before. If you're waking right. up and having it before, it's like, oh, I've got a little extra from the birthday party. Wake the up night cakes. Before. A wake up cakes. That's that's mm-hmm. I think we've titled the episode. Well, hold on. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, little Debbie's been selling wake up cakes for a long time. Like that's all that that's is. True. That's and yet some people are like, This is great breakfast food. Why not eat a Z- dog? Zebra cakes for the yeah, go. So yeah. So carrot cake for breakfast. There's also like this. Uh, it's like a traditional like holiday morning cake. It's like that. I think it's called like butterfly cake or something like that. But it's got like pineapple in oh, it. Uh, yes, it's it's a bird. It's some kind of bird. Cake? Yes, and that is they actually have that hummingbird cake. Hummingbird, hummingbird cake. cake. They have yeah, that yeah, at okay, the I've diner. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. It's fruit. Okay. It's got fruit in it. So that's gonna yeah. be one stop. We got a hit. We got a hit. We need to hit that Thursday night. Or early. Or early. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. 5 a.m. carrot early. cake at Conclave. Is, uh, pre-conference cake. <laughs> pre-conference kill pre-con cake. Nothing like setting up big equipment with some pre-conference cake in your belly. Well, it's hummingbirds. Lights fast. So, Nathan. Yeah. Oh, right. Nathan, uh, this is a reminder. Last week on the podcast, we talked mm-hmm. about 
you bringing your red velvet fudge. Oh. Yes. And what was the passphrase that people are? Yes. Christmas, Christmas fudge. Christmas fudge is the passphrase. So we talked about this last week. Nathan made uh, Christmas fudge. It's red velvet. He has some left. So he's going to bring it to Conclave. And if any listeners come up with no context and say the words Christmas fudge to Nathan, (laughs) they get to sample his red velvet fudge in the booth. Amazing. Yeah. So there's just another reminder. If you're listening, come to Conclave. Tell Nathan Christmas. The phrase that pays. That's it. You'll get some. That's right. And if you're the FDA yeah. listening currently right now, we <laughs> possess all Chattanooga food Convention Center license. concerned about our vendorship of food items. Yeah, <laughs> there'll be hey each piece each piece of fudge will be safely stored in one of Nathan's rudimentary packing cubes, aka Ziploc bag. Yeah, yeah, uh, but cool. It'll, it'll, it'll be, be cool. chilled. They'll be on ice in a chest, ice chest. Golly. Cool fudge. Yep. So Chattanooga is a fun place. Uh, the conference will be fun. Uh, Zach's going to be teaching some good stuff. Zach, do you want to give us a teaser sure. of what your what your session's going to be about? Uh, so I'm going to take a little bit of a different tack this year. So was instructed by uh, the Conclave team to bring some of the things that I shared at an event a couple years ago uh, to new light kind of post-COVID. Uh, and it's a lot of what we feel or how we relate to the ministry responsibilities that we have. Um, but going to bring not just some ideas and conversation starters, but actually a little bit of a, and take this for maybe as helpful or unhelpful as it is, a, a guiding kind of worksheet for when you feel stuck about how you feel about your work. Uh, I think some folks, um, the the quest for endless productivity or hustle or efficiency relates to getting unstuck from where they're at. And so I think I've got some insights uh, or some tools or momentum builders that might help in that way. I like it. Um, most of the art uh, I, will be from Pokemon cards. So there's your centralizing, yeah, centralizing taste. Like, yeah, yeah. So the art for the handout will be um, ripped from Pokemon cards. So see what you think about that. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, again, if you're going to be there, Zach, when are you doing it? Thursday. It Thursday? The kickoff session. Yeah. Thursday. Yep. Okay. Well, if you're going to be there, check that out. Uh, I know, man, getting stuck, feeling stuck in your work is something that is a common yeah. issue. Uh, I have been there, maybe there again in the future. So make sure you uh, hit that breakout if you're going to be there. And maybe after, we don't want to do it beforehand, but after you do the session, maybe we could come back another episode and uh, and talk, yeah, through talk it, it out yeah. in more detail. Yeah. So we can tease that later, later on. One of you, before we pressed record, uh, Zach, I think it was you. You had something significant that we that you wanted us to talk through here <laughs> is this the debate question <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's it's winter season and everybody is sporting their d now or winter conference swag items and i feel like there's been a real division uh, that i'd like to name in the youth pastor community and maybe we as a team of four could hash it out and invite some others into it and it is the struggle uh between winter wear in youth ministry, student ministry, being team crew neck or team hoodie. And I would just love to hear how y'all land. Uh, I noticed on this show, even this video recording of our audio podcast, that some of us have opted one way or the other. And so we'd love to hear if you're team crew neck or team hoodie and why. 
So you're going to make us pick. You got you got to pick an allegiance, right? Right. And you can you can you can write it up for what you would pick for your student event or what you wear personally, but just in the debate of crew neck sweatshirts versus hooded sweatshirts, what side do you fall? Who gets your vote? This is what we would want or if what you would want passed? or if you were designing a merch piece, well, what you think the people want. I'll let you qualify your answer however you want to, but I know that some of us often favor like swag items that we would wear. So maybe that enters into the mix. I'll jump yeah, in man. on this one. Uh, so I love sitting around the house. I have a go-to hoodie okay. that I throw yeah. on often. Like it is my lounging. It's very deep cowled. It is a good, it's a good hoodie, but my favorite sweatshirts that I will reach for most often out of the house out these public? days are okay. <laughs> for public consumption, yeah. <laughs> public consumption. I, uh, I have, uh, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be team crew okay. neck on this okay. one because of my recent, my recent habits have been to grab for those more often than okay. the hoodies. So here's my stance. <laughs> I, in general, I am team hoodie. Like if I were to go just buy for off myself, the rack, buy off yeah. the rack. Student ministry swag. I'm going crew neck. Okay. Most of the events don't have the budget to get an actually good hoodie. Good hoodie. The, the amount the of yeah. the amount of like swag hoodies that I've gotten that aren't like all the way through pockets. You know what I'm talking about? Like the hoodie with the like <laughs> individual hand pocket. You want to be able to hold yeah. your own hands. I need in to the be pocket. able to. Touch yeah, you got to have the kangaroo pocket or bust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just that's that's a miss. You know what I mean? Uh, and so I'm I'm gonna say that when for your question, I am also team crew neck here. Okay. Okay. So is hoodie, are we talking zip or pullover? Again, I'll let to each define their own. I haven't seen a lot of youth ministry swag zip up ones, but would love to <laughs> the see more zip of hoodie. I, I'm team hoodie. I, I'm here for it. I feel like it's a it's a welcomed accessory. If you forget a hat, if you need to layer up, I'm here for it. all my jacks are all my jackets are hoodied, and as often as I can, I'm here to put put a little hood with the shirt. I feel like it's for what about the zip off hoodie? Oh, to zip what? the hoodie off. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of Jordan? Fabulous. Dad. Fabulous. <laughs> well, there was a short season too. remember. There was a certain brand. I forget what it was, but uh, where the front of the hoodie would zip up and there were like nope. eye holes. <laughs> mm. Do you remember this? I do remember that. <laughs> the assailant hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. It was pre-COVID, so you you had it would cover. It's just ready to go, case. yeah. Ski mask are back. That was Karen and I were shopping this weekend, and at one of her like boutique stores, like they had the really nice knit cap beanies right next to the terrifying bank robbery ski mask at her nice boutique. And I was like, "Is that a thing?" And she said, "Yes, unfortunately." <laughs> so. Well, I mean, it's a very pro. The name I'm about to say very problematic and other in other ways currently but uh in a lot of interviews kanye has appeared fully ski masked yeah. right like he covered he has 
he's gone that route uh again saying things that are unfortunate and terrible on that side but ski mask ski mask i think for me i can't wait i think i I'm I'm with Ben. I'm hoodie like if it's around the house, but I want it like crew neck if I'm out because I'll wear a different jacket. I just don't like the hoodie flapping around out there. Oh, that's while my I'm, favorite thing. You know, trying to do stuff, work or something, it kind of gets in the way. But in the house, you know, it's nice to flip it up if you get a little cold. For some of us that don't have as much hair on up there, <laughs> you know, to keep our top of our heads warm, it's kind of nice. And you feel that cool breeze come across the top of your top of your hairline. <laughs> but I've got some thoughts about hoodies, though, oh. as far as it comes. If I was on student ministry, man, I think I might try to find a little extra if it was a special event for hoodies, because I think they're kind of all the rave these days. So I can't tell you the amount of basketball teams I've seen warm up varsity basketball teams warm up in hoodies this season. And I've even seen one. And I don't I don't know why they would do this. It makes no sense to me. But warm up in the cutoff sleeve hoodie. Not like they cut the sleeves off of a hoodie. They were sewn that way. They bought specifically zip up hoodies with cutoff sleeves and then had the hoods on them. So anyway, that was a new look that I'd seen. But I think a lot of students are really into the hoodies these days. So this is uh, I did not know this was a thing until a little while back. Jonathan, my son, 16 years old crossfitter like really really good at it um he works out in sleeveless hoodies okay so the the rock oh uh, is it a Dwayne thing an under armor line oh that is uh that is sleeveless yeah yeah hoodie and it's that work thin workout material that's what these were i was gonna say i'm i'm hooked on the like the paper thin like the t-shirt weight hoodie because then you get all the features and you can layer it okay yeah. But it's a rock thing. So it's like yeah. gun, guns out, face covered. Okay. Yeah, guns out. You can go Cow down, you know, yeah. Or, or not. Yeah. So Superhero. I think you're right, Nathan. There is there is a subgroup of people. Yeah. Uh, that's a thing. I, right? Now, see, I do, I do really like the, like, more of the sweatshirt version hoodie. Like, like that we're talking about, like, the no pockets, but just the hood lighter material like i i like that look a whole lot Mm -hmm. have you guys ever done a really bad like think back to student pastor days did you ever do a really bad piece of of merch like giveaway shirt for something and later you were like oh this is awful Mm. (laughs) like i was i would love i'd love to hear if there was one inappropriate uh, I was thinking like just it, design came out differently than you thought. It just looked and was bad. I had one. Um, we we tried to use a local screen printer. The design was great. Everything was great. When we finally got the shirts back, um, there's a placement on the front chest, right? Like it needs to be higher up on your chest to look correct. These were like square in the middle of the shirt. And so like <laughs> all of the logos were just like high belly and it just looked <laughs> very odd. No. Yeah. Well, as the bigger the shirts get, just the lower the logo yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah. It's we didn't have anything. One. 
Yeah, we didn't have anything inappropriate. We just had some just really bad designs. Just looking back, not good. Not good, maybe good color schemes. I remember we did one and we had a different. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Most student ministry. I remember we did one that had like a like a eight and a half by eleven basically logo on it, and the screen printer someone else had found. It was like they then printed a laminated thing and stuck it. You ever had one of those that's like it's not really like it's like painted on instead of like uh, what usual screen printing is, and it would like bend and just like crinkle and like just crack, just like you could like move in the thing because it was so stiff. Yeah, I, I don't know, it was bad. I had a pastor one time describe a shirt that we did. Uh, I believe the word he used was diarrhea. <laughs> uh, it was, it was really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't wrong though. It came out so, so terrible. It was awful. And you know it too, as a youth pastor, like you're not hiding it. You know, like it, this didn't no. come to fruition, but there's that moment where you've got to hand them out and you just try not to make eye contact. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, take it, put it on, just put some volunteers behind the table. We're going to take a picture and then you can go right back to the cabin. Yeah. <laughs> Start. You could use this to mow lawns and wash cars in later. Mm. Yep. What uh, one of the things that we were talking about, too, um, as we and Zach, this kind of connects a little bit loosely with what you were mentioning with your breakout session uh, that you're going to be talking about and just feeling stuck. Uh, one of the things we were talking about before we pressed record that we thought would be good to hit kind of in the new year is just how to deal with frustration that comes along. Uh, I know that there are. You know, not, I want to. I don't want to assume. I know there are some who had a frustrating start to the year. There, the fall did not go as planned. The fall did not come to fruition the way. Much like a T-shirt that turns out poorly, you would look back at your fall and say, "Man, my my spring semester. I really hope it goes a lot differently than the fall does." Not everybody's there. There are some that would like. No, it it was great, but I think there's always going to be a point where we deal with frustration in ministry. And so if it wasn't a frustrating semester for you and you are on cloud nine right now and things are going well, I think knowing how to embrace and walk through frustration is a necessary skill for all of us because we're going to hit that point. Much like there are going to be times where we do feel stuck even if we're in a great ministry with a great role. Like there's that feeling is just going to be something we deal with. So I wanted to throw out to the group, how do you deal with frustration? How do you work through that? How do you come out the other side and not have it begin to control? And of course there are different kinds of frustrations as well, but how do you, how do you come out of the other side of frustration? I think for me, sometimes it it's taking a it's taking a pause and a break and and realizing and thinking about that frustration and trying trying to figure out what is frustrating about it. Maybe the situation just is frustrating. There's nothing you can do about it. Maybe something happened that's oh, you know, 
the bus company fell through or something like that. Yeah, that's frustrating. We know what it is. But sometimes maybe you're just in a season of frustration and you need to kind of get down to the root of that. And is that because you're not doing something as effectively? Are you frustrated that your volunteer leaders aren't living up to your expectations? But then you need to take a deeper look and say, well, is that because I've given out my expectations clearly or some of those kind of things? Um, so I think taking a moment to pause and reflect and figure out what's the root of the frustration for you? Sometimes it, we can be frustrated and we're taking it out in our work, but we're frustrated about something else or a different aspect or some of those kind of things. And I think that's really important to see and understand what may be the root cause of that, because then that can help alleviate and help set us down a path of figuring out what, what we can do to fix that. You know, you bring up a really good distinction there, Nathan, in that there are momentary frustrations with work. Bus company didn't come through. Bus broke down. T-shirts turned out bad. Volunteer leader all of a sudden can't do it anymore. You mm-hmm. know, quits or cancels on you, whatever. There are there are those kinds of things that are just kind of roll with the punch kind of frustrations. Don't normal. You go out in the morning and you've got a nail in your tire and it's flat. Like those kind of unforeseen frustrations. There are also seasonal ones where either those little ones begin to stack up and it creates a season for us. Or we just get in this feeling of, and I just can't seem to get a win. I, I just, I'm, I'm trying, I'm working, I'm praying, can't seem to get a win. And I think those are two kind of different yeah. things. I, I think, I think t- to tie in with your, your seasonal idea, I also think this time of year, I think we all need to be aware that like, like seasonal depression is also not like full blown like depression, but like the, the, just this idea. I mean, you're inside more, less sunlight, or like all of those kind of things that can lead to this like internal frustration that oftentimes gets projected on work, home, all of those kind of things. And so I think before you start trying to solve the external frustration or even identify the external, like taking a moment to really examine and look at yourself and, and figure out like, okay, where, where am I truly at in all of this? And start starting from that, like that spiritual place. I I know that the times in my life that I find most of my external frustrations happening or at least not not happening but like really bothering me and me feeling stuck are also seasons in my life where i'm if i'm going to be honest i'm not as spiritually healthy as i should be i'm not taking the time to do uh the things that we preach to our students to do in a consistent ongoing basis um or, or or I just have a wrong perspective. Um, I think sometimes the things that get us very frustrated um, are also the things that with a different perspective um, we take differently, right? Like the reality is for, for youth pastors, like, the Lord has given us phenomenal opportunity to make a living. Like in the grand scheme of all the jobs that are out there to provide for our families, like working in the Lord's church, uh, serving people is such an amazing like opportunity that like I, I think sometimes we take for granted in the frustrations of like 
the shirt didn't turn out right or we didn't have as many students this week as last week. And the realization that like this is it, it really is truly a gift. And I and I, I think that that's often overlooked in the opportunity that that is to get to provide for our families, to do things that we love, to care for students, to love a church family well. Um, and, and sometimes I think when we're looking for the frustration, we're going to find it. I, I remember, and you guys have probably had this kind of marriage advice as well, but I remember in like premarital counseling many years ago, like a mentor of mine told me, like, if you're looking for uh, the things that frustrate you and your spouse, you are going to find those. But if you're looking for the things that you love about your spouse, you're also going to find those. And I think we choose that in the places that we work. Like, yes, if you wake up looking for the thing that frustrates you, you're going to find it. It's going to continue to compound on itself. It's going to continue to grow. And you're going to feel like nothing's ever going to change. But I think in a change of perspective can really, really help that a lot. I think it's important to note, too, that it's okay to feel mm-hmm. frustrated. That, that That is a normal and natural. So I don't, listener, uh, friends, I don't want you to, to hear this conversation and think, man, any frustration I have yeah. is wrong. I don't believe that at all. I think it's a natural thing to feel. I think the question that we ask as a result of that are really important. The why do I feel frustrated by this? The what's going on inside of me? Uh, I know that in times of frustration for me in the past, maybe something didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. And what made me frustrated about that is not actually that it didn't work out, but it was the fear that my supervisor, pastor, that, that they would be disappointed that I would not achieve a level of, of approval or Hey, that I wouldn't get that good job or that I wouldn't have the perceived value from them because it didn't go as well as I wanted it to. And that's a hard thing to come to because that's looking at the frustration and saying, okay, why do I feel frustrated? Man, it's not actually that this ministry thing, it's because I was seeking the approval of other Mm -hmm. people and I was worried that that Mm -hmm. would fall apart. And that's what frustrated me about it. And I, so I think the, the why question is really important. Like I've felt before preaching a message and I've walked off the stage and I've been frustrated that man, I should have been a little more prepared. I should have said this differently or that illustration that I thought was going to work fell kind of flat, or I wish I would have said this, or I forgot this part. I think we all have those little things. And I think that's an okay frustration. You say, okay, this is how I can correct that for next time. And you roll on with it, but stopping to ask why. And Chad, you mentioned it a moment ago too, in me, when the little things that are frustrations begin to make my temperature rise more than normal. That's usually a light on my personal dashboard that I, that, that I have not been spending the time I need to with the Lord. Cause there are going to be things that frustrate us that make our temperature rise. What's our baseline. If we're going through the roof on a little thing for me, I won't assume this on others 
for me, that's usually an indicator that something in my life is off. Or, and this is very real for me lately, there are other stresses in our life that take an issue that usually is a four and make it a seven or an eight because of normal life stresses. Uh, podcast listeners, you you don't know this, but I've been walking through for the last five or six months, cancer, my dad and declining, and he passed away just before Christmas. And real life stress and grief play a part in this. And sometimes we, there's just not much you can do about it because they're there. Those things are there. But I think when, if we know it and say, okay, things might be more stressful to me in this season because I'm recognizing and dealing with all of this stuff, then we can approach it a little bit better. Like if you're, if you and your spouse are having a difficult time relationally for a season and, and that happens, that's going to affect the way that you respond in other little and big instances outside yeah. of the home. One of the things too, that, that I always to get unstuck from those places is really taking a moment to think through like, what are the things that I can control and what are the things that I can't control? There are things that frustrate us that we can't control, but I think even in those areas, there are things around them that we can control. (laughs) And I think when we get stuck, we, on those things that we can't control, we, we don't start to change the things that we can control around them. We'll just laser focus. It's like the, like, you know, the rip in your jeans that you can't stop staring at, or, you know, the, the piece of food that you dropped or whatever, like you just, you're focused on it and you always come back to it. And you're like, if that would change, all of this other stuff would change. And I think we've got to take opportunities to realize, okay, I can't change the thing that I can't change, but there are things around it that I can start doing differently that can help me in the process, um, that can help maybe even solve the issue that we can't completely control, right? It's going to start moving uh, in that direction. And so I think that there are those little things of realizing, okay, if I'm frustrated because my senior pastor is doing X, Y, Z, I can't control the actions of my senior pastor, And I can just sit in my office and stew and I can go home and I can gripe to my wife about it and start throwing out my resume like some people do. Or we can take a step back and go, okay, what what in this scenario can I control? What are the actions that are healthy in this? What are maybe hard conversations that need to happen that are in the area that I can control and begin to walk in that? Um, I think that... Sometimes when there are things that we can't control, they just become consuming in our mind and they stop us in our tracks. And instead of really figuring out, okay, what are the, sometimes they're small, right? What are the small things that I can just begin to do today uh, to help give me a different perspective, help alleviate some of the stress and help us get on the right path? Yeah. I really like that chat. I really like, 
I think you're right on earlier when you talked about, but focus on the things that you love. One of the things I like to say too, when we're getting stuck is we just need to go back to the basics. And like you said, focus on the things we can control. That's exactly it. Focus on some of those basics in ministries. It's, you know, communicate well to the parents, you know, go back to just maybe training your volunteers, go back to focusing on what you are in control of the Wednesday nights, the Sundays, whatever that stuff is. That's one of the principles I've taken from officiating. Whenever we kind of feel like we're in the middle of a game and stuff's kind of gone the wrong way or we're like, it's not going well. It's I tell people I'm training, go back to the basics or under your spot. Think through in your head, actively think through, okay, here's where I need to look. Here's the basics. Here's the kind of the mechanics. I think that's so important in our jobs too, is when things seem to be spiraling, go back to the basics, go back to those simple things of here's what I need to do today. Here's what I need to do for this next week. And here's how I need to set myself up and focus on the things you can control and look for the things that you love about that ministry. It's real. It's real wisdom because I do think we default to worrying or being frustrated by the things that we can't control and they end us end up paralyzing us for the things that we can. And in uh, the, the serenity prayer, it's a common thing in uh, like Alcoholics Anonymous programs and recovery programs. The serenity prayer begins this way. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. And I, man, whether you you're in Alcoholics Anonymous or not, I think that is a strong prayer. The wisdom to know the difference between the things we cannot change and the courage to have to change the things that we can't. Can I, can I give one uh, last thing? And, um, yeah. The the other thing that I would really, really encourage, and it's something we talk about a lot at LifeLife students, is having other people that know you and can speak into your life. Um, man, I, I know that and, and at this point, I think all, all four of us are getting there for each other to be able to, like, encourage each other, know each other, see each other in, in ways that, like, sometimes are even blind to ourself. Um, Zach and I have those conversations a lot that f- moments that we feel, f- you know, frustrated for something and, and just the ability to look at each other and go, that's dumb. You know what I mean? Like sometimes like in that situation, <laughs> like you need somebody that, you know, loves you and cares for you that when you're feeling frustrated for them to go, no, no, that's really dumb that you're thinking that way. Uh, and, and, and that's okay because, um, I, I think Zach, you used to say it a lot. Sometimes we're the last people to know when we're the most unhealthy. Um, and Mm -hmm. it's blind to us until like you hit that moment where you're like, something's got to change. Uh, and everybody else has seen it for, you know, weeks or months. And you finally gotten there. And so having somebody in your corner that gets to know you, that can see you and go, Hey dude, like, why is this bothering you? You know, or why, why are you so frustrated? I think that's so important to have in ministry. Yeah. I think the other side of that, that relationship is true too. And to have somebody there that, that is, that is willing to say, I affirm you in this frustration it would frustrate me too, and then care enough to help you keep mm-hmm. moving and not not leave you there. And but yep. in the instances where it's 
hey, why are right. you feeling like this is dumb? But also in the instances of, yeah, like you're right. This is a yeah. valid feeling and it's a valid thing to be frustrated by. Let's move through yeah. it together. When they can help you figure that out, right? Like and figure out because right. having somebody outside of the situation where they're not like emotionally invested as well is so good because it it gives you like a true like um you know unbiased opinion on the situation that's happening that it's not just like well let me take your side let me you know all those kind of things right well, this has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. If you're going to be in Chattanooga this weekend, we will see you there if you listen to this after the weekend of January the 19th. Sorry. We'll see you next time. <laughs>